Good morning, church, and welcome to another Sunday sermon on video recording. We thank God that He's kept us through this last week and provided for us in every way, and we bless His holy name. Amen. We thank God that uh, we still have this opportunity to preach uh, through the media, and uh, we want to see great and mighty things happen even through this method. Amen. So let's join our hearts this morning in prayer and let's seek the Lord and see what He has to say to us this morning. Father, we just thank You for Your presence in our lives that through all this difficulty that the world is facing, You have blessed us, You have kept us, You have provided for us, You have done so many wonderful things, both in the visible and in the invisible. And we thank You that this morning You are here with us for this word to go forth into the airwaves, touch people all over the world, whoever hears this message, that their hearts might be enjoined to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying this morning and be able to act upon it by the power of the Holy Spirit in them. And we thank you for this in Jesus' precious name. Amen and Amen. So this morning, I want to talk to you about power changing hands. And by that, I mean that legalism is being eroded and removed to give way to the Holy Spirit, the unrestrained power that is going to be poured out upon the earth in the last days. Amen. This is something that everyone is looking forward to and we know why we're doing that because the Spirit of God Himself in us is urging us to look forward to this thing and many prophets around the world are talking about it and we know in our spirits that we have been yearning and waiting on the Lord. We've been crying out, praying and seeking Him like desperate people uh, in a desert without water. And you know, we're crying out like King David cried. He said, I want to see your glory and your majesty like I used to see it in the sanctuary. And this was a time when he was going through great difficulty. And you know, the world is going through a lot. And so we know that whilst the church has been isolated, it is for a reason. And that was to pray to watch and pray and to pray into the things that are coming so that those things can come. Amen. So we're making a pathway for those things to come. So this morning I want to talk to you about what Jesus is doing. And first and foremost, I want to remove any doubt or, or unbelief that may be plaguing you about whether Jesus knows what he's doing. I'm telling you exactly that Jesus knows what he is doing. Okay, because He's a God of gods, He's the Lord of lords. He's the one who created everything, so He knows what He's doing. We've got to just believe that. Amen. Let's go to Acts chapter 1. And we're going to look at a couple of verses. Uh, Acts 1, 6 to 8. And we're going to talk about power changing hands. And this is something that is uh, so required in these last days, you know. Our God is a foreplanner of things to come, amen? And that, we have to understand, is always prophetic in nature. So let's read Acts chapter 1, verses 6 to 8. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons, which the Father has put in his own power. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea 
and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. As I said, God is a prophetic God. Amen. So this was a promise that was given in Abraham that he would give us his Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus never does anything except he asks the Father. Because he knows that the Lord, the Father knows the times and the seasons. So when the times and the seasons are in the hands of the Father, we need to wait on the Lord. Amen. Because it's not for us to know. That's what the Bible tells us. That when is the end of the world coming? When is Jesus returning? All of those things. There are signs like a, a pregnant woman having a baby. You know, there are signs of her uh, getting ready to deliver this baby. So we are going by what the signs are telling us. Okay, we are going by that in marrying it to the word of God, the prophetic word of God. And so we need to be prophetic in nature and our understanding. And Jesus too uh, understood the times and he understood how to wait upon the Lord and when to ask God and when not to ask God. So he did not go and ask for the Holy Spirit before his resurrection because it could not have happened before him. So there was a time, an appointed time that God had purposed and he wanted that appointed time to pass and then he would pour out his spirit. Now the promise was made in Abraham, but it was thousands of years later that it came through the Lord Jesus Christ and that also through his crucifixion. Amen. So we know there are, there are times and we, we got to develop our understanding to understand the times. So let's look, let's look at this in, in a little more detailed manner and see what was the intent of God giving us the Holy Spirit. Now, when Jesus came, the world was in turmoil because the Roman Empire was ruling and there were cruel people and there were lots of bad things that had happened from the beginning of the earth up to that point in time. But we noticed something about the way Jesus did his ministry, that he never went up against the political system of the day, but he just preached the gospel and he demonstrated with miracles, signs and wonders to demonstrate that he was the son of God and to show that God had called him to come to the earth for such a time as this time when he came to the earth. But what we've got to understand is why did Jesus then decide to give us the Holy Spirit, right? He, he could have given us lots of money. He could have, the, the, the disciples said, when are you going to restore the kingdom back to Israel? Now that, that all of those things were very earthly kind of questions. But Jesus' answer was, it was not, it's not your time to know that. It's, it's in the hands of the Lord, amen? But you go and wait in Jerusalem for power from on high, and I will send you power from on high. So the single most important act of Jesus after resurrection was to send the Holy Spirit to be with us and in us. Now, he, he didn't give us anything else other than his word and the Holy Spirit. Now, many, many churches in this world today do not know how to enter into this baptism of the Holy Spirit. So, what they do is they're like the, like the uh, the Pharisees, they, they see the kingdom of God. Amen. Many see the kingdom of God, but they don't know how to enter. So John 3, 3 
Jesus says to Nicodemus, you know, a man must be born again to see the kingdom of God. And then in John 3, 5, he says, you must be born of water and of spirit to enter into the kingdom of God. So there's a difference between three and five, and one is being able to see, the other is being able to enter. And this is where many, many churches, many Christians are trapped. They do not enter into what is of the Holy Spirit. Now, what is of the Holy Spirit is what is important, not whether you have money or cars or anything else. You know, those are all earthly pursuits and earthly well-being uh, well and pleasures. But what is important to know is how can I receive the Holy Spirit? And how can I receive more of the Holy Spirit? Now, many argue that we already received the Holy Spirit when we received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Technically, that's correct. But here, we see that Jesus wanted his disciples to receive the power from on high through the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit came on them. Now, this is the permanent indwelling of power and of the Holy Spirit in men. Now, Jesus wanted them to have it. Right? He didn't want them to have millions of dollars and all these great ministries and all of that. No, everything was going to come. What was needed was going to come through the Holy Spirit. Amen. And in the case of the disciples, all they needed was the Holy Spirit. Now, when they went about preaching the gospel all over the world, it was the Holy Spirit that was guiding them. It was the Holy Spirit that was doing the miracle signs and wonders. It was the Holy Spirit that was protecting them and sustaining them in the Word of God. So you and I need the Holy Spirit. Jesus knows that, right? This is a promise from thousands of years ago by the Father God to the world, but it was to come through Abraham, through Jesus Christ to us, and this is the faith that we must have and say, Lord, in my isolation, in my prayer time, I want to be empowered more and I want more of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, then you are got power. But there is also a continual supply of the Holy Spirit that Paul talks about through prayer. And he said, by your prayers, I will get a continual supply of the Holy Spirit. So we need that to ourselves. So the idea of being isolated and in a, in, a, in a secluded manner is to receive more of the Holy Spirit. And you ask yourself the question, why do I need more of the Holy Spirit? Because the times and the seasons demand it. Hallelujah. We are in a very, very difficult time. Like many questions. Uh, unanswered uh, questions and uh, sometimes frightening questions, sometimes things that can take over your mind and, and question uh, even your faith. So we need the Holy Spirit to reveal the plan and the purposes of God through His indwelling in us. See, many are praying and doing things that they know to do. Okay, and that's a good thing. There's no question about that. But how many are listening to the Holy Spirit? How many are actually doing what the Holy Spirit is asking them to do? So my thing is that it's not so much about doing as it is receiving God. Receiving God means knowing the Father's will, knowing the Father, getting to understand the way the Father thinks. Now we all, a lot of us today, we talk about the Holy Spirit, we talk about Jesus, but few talk about the Father. Now we need to know the Father. Now He is the Supreme Commander, right? 
And he, he's the one who has a plan and a purpose. His will has to be done. And Jesus is doing his will. So we have to understand that the Holy Spirit also has been sent to reveal the will of God to us so that we know and understand the things that God has called us to. So spiritually speaking, if you are hearing, you will know that we are standing on the threshold of tremendous change. I'm telling you, the kind of change that's coming is going to be something that's taken out of our hands. It's just going to happen. Like, like this whole COVID thing was taken out of our hands. Nobody understood the extent to which this would go, but it has gone. And now we can see it with our eyes and we can know it with our understanding that, that it's having a severe effect upon the earth. But the things that are coming from heaven are going to have even more of a severe effect in a positive way that many miracles, signs and wonders, but above all, salvation is going to take place. Amen. And God is going to pour out his spirit to achieve this so that we, you know, whilst we have been pressing in in prayer, might receive what is of the spirit and that we might then dispense that which is of the spirit. But my concern, okay, and this is my concern, is that many, many are waiting to go back to Egypt. That by that I mean they want to go back to their old ways. Right? They're just waiting for this thing to be over. We can already see governments are opening up pubs and restaurants and bars. You know, these are the important things for the people of the world and their footy games and all those other things that, that make, make a man's fleshly pleasure rise up. So that's what they're looking for. And then the second thing is they're looking to back to start the factories and start all those workers to go back and start producing material so that now the economy can come back. So you know what they're going to do? They're going to start polluting the earth again. Amen. <laughs> we found out that when this COVID thing shut down the whole earth, the, the air cleared up, the water quality became better. You know, fish started coming back, birds started coming back, all sorts of other things started happening. You know, and why? Because there was no pollution on the earth. But now man is getting ready to corrupt the earth again once more time, one more time. So we have to understand, look, nothing is going to change by going back to the world. By going back to Egypt, nothing is going to change. You're going to get, you're going to be worse off. Amen. Because the things, not only the things that you will do, resurrect up the old dead things, but also that which is going to come to the earth as disasters. So the earth is not prepared. Okay, they don't understand what's coming, but the church is, amen, because the Holy Spirit is signifying those things and revealing the times to us. So we need to understand that. So I don't know what you see about your future and the future and what lies ahead, but what lies ahead in our understanding as a church is true salvation and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So those who are waiting, amen. Those like us who are waiting will see the change, will see what is going to come. And then when we see it, we'll become part of it. That is, not only to see the kingdom of God come, but we will also enter in and become a part of it. Amen. Now, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God unless you're born of water and of spirit. That means you have to change your whole mindset. You've got to change the way you used to do church. You've got to do, change the way you used to think about God. All of those things. You've got to come into the scriptures by the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal this change of power. Power is changing. You've got to stop this legalism. 
You got to stop this Old Testament, New Testament dispar disparity. Uh, Israel is no longer valid. All this nonsense has to be stopped. You know, and we have to come into the knowledge that God wants souls saved. He's interested in every single person on the earth. Amen. And in order for us to achieve that, we need the Holy Spirit. Okay, we cannot do it without theology. We cannot do it without doctrine. We cannot heal the sick or raise the dead or cleanse the lepers with any of those kind of things. We need the power. Amen. We need the Holy Ghost power. Now you and I need to be asking God for this. Even more so. I'm asking God. I mean, I've seen miracle signs and wonders. I've seen near dead race. I've seen all sorts of other things happen. You know, he people heal. I've seen souls come to the Lord. But it's not enough. Because I know there's more. And I'm asking God. And I said, God, give me more. I need more. When this gate opens and, and we're allowed to travel again, you know, and we're allowed to lay hands and we're allowed to go here and allowed to go there. We need to be preaching the gospel. I'm going to be doing that. You know, I can't be sitting around waiting on something that I, I think is comfortable to, to, to surround me so that I can have a nice, cushy little life and then I'll die one day and go to heaven. No, I'm not about that. I'm about looking forward into the things that God has prepared because the eye has not seen, the ear not heard, it's not entered into the heart of man, but has been prepared by God. So what has been prepared? I want to know that. I want to receive that and only the Holy Spirit is going to reveal it and that's what the, those verses say in 2 Corinthians 9 and 10 that, that it has been revealed by the Holy Spirit so the Holy Spirit is revealing to us that there's going to be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit there's going to be a great breakthrough come to the earth and there's going to be a time in a, in a very difficult time that this thing is going to happen and then the gospel will spread and people will be changed, healed, delivered, set free and above all saved and be able to go into heaven because of what the Holy Spirit does through us. But he's looking for people who believe that. And so we see in Luke 2, 25 to 32, that Simeon was a man of God in the temple, right? And he was waiting for the salvation of Israel. And one day, Joseph and Mary with the baby Jesus go into the temple and Simeon by the Spirit of God comes to them and takes the baby and he says, my eyes have seen thy salvation. Whoa, hallelujah. Now he's looking at God's salvation. This is the Son of God, a little baby. And he's saying, mine eyes. That means he is able to see into the realm of the Spirit. He's not only talking about the physical. Okay, because what he was praying for for all those years, he was seeing in the spiritual. Now his eyes were seeing the manifest glory of God in this baby. Wow. I said, God, when you pour out your spirit, we're going to see the manifest glory of God. Amen. So that's what we want. We want to see the manifestation of the spirit for it is the it is for the profit of every single person. Amen. Whether he's a believer or unbeliever, if an unbeliever sees a miracle, he's going to get saved. Okay. So that's why it's a prophet for him too. So we need to be moving in that. We need to be waiting on the Lord and say, God, now let mine eyes see your salvation. Hallelujah. That's going to come to this earth. That is in serious trouble. All manners of evil is going on. And who's going to be said doing the work? You and I, the church that is called for this time. Don't become pew warmers. Don't sit around and wait for your coffee and tea after the church service. No, my friends, this is the time to be pushing in, in prayer and seeking the Lord and waiting on the Lord and, and, and pressing in and then giving that power and manifesting that power by acts of faith, by going 
going out into the highways and the byways and doing what the Holy Spirit is telling us to do. So the church also has been waiting and is going to usher in the coming of the Lord in a very powerful way. Amen. I believe it with all my heart that the Holy Spirit is going to come on the church and He's going to, to wake up this church and not only Calvary Assembly but churches who are waiting on the Holy Spirit. We're talking about it. We've been practicing prayer and have been waiting on the Lord. It shall happen. There are two things in these verses that we should particularly focus on in these times. The ones that are Acts 1, 6-8. The first thing is that the seasons and the times for the restoration of Israel as a kingdom are in the Father's hands. Amen. So if that is in the Father's hands, so also is the restoration of the church. And who, who, who agrees that the church needs some restoring? Amen. There's been sin in the church. There's been all sorts of evil in the church. Jezebel spirits, Leviathan spirits, all sorts of evil spirits. You know, I travel to so many countries and I preach the gospel. And a lot of the churches that I go in, the Christians are demonized. Amen. The demons are living in the church with the Christians. Right? They're demonized. So that's why we can't worship God freely. That's why we can't do the miracle signs and wonders. Because they're putting blocks everywhere. They're stopping the word of God. They're voiding the word of God. That's why I said we've got to get rid of the legalism. We've got to get rid of this, you know, uh, coming in a 20 minute service, uh, or half an hour service, one hour service, two hour service. No, we've got to allow the Holy Spirit to move. Amen. Then he will remove all the debris in the church. He will remove all the dross in the church. And then we will be able to pure in pure worship bring up worship unto the Lord hallelujah so we need to see the restoration of the church happening as well and we are praying for that and Lord we are working towards that we are building up the church so that the church can be restored as the right foundation on earth so that it can be the harbor it can be the refuge for the people who are going to come in so what is in the father's hands okay cannot be altered by anyone so this is the first thing that we're talking about. I said two things we need to be considering out of these verses. One is that the times and seasons are in the Father's hands. Amen. So what's the use of worrying? That's what my point is. So don't worry, okay? Because worrying will not achieve anything. Being concerned and praying will achieve a lot of things. So just look towards God at this time and say, Lord, I need to be empowered for the times and the seasons that I'm facing. Because not only do we need that power now, but we're going to need the power, should, should Jesus tarry, for the times and the seasons that come. Hallelujah. And you and I need to be prepared. If we are not prepared, we will lose the way. Okay? We will go into other forms of uh, Christianity that have no value in the kingdom of God. Jesus said, the second thing was that he is pouring out his spirit to the disciples so that he is empowering them to be witnesses. Amen. Now here this word witnesses is actually means to say and do what Jesus said and did. Now Jesus said we can do all the things he did and we can do even greater things than he did. Now we also can say the things that Jesus did. And by revelation we can say even greater things than Jesus said. Amen. Because revelation is coming by the spirit of revelation to us about Jesus, the resurrected king. Now this is not Jesus, not the earth, but Jesus, the resurrected king, seated upon the throne, 
ruling and reigning over principalities and powers, having all dominion and riches in his hand, and he is able, amen, now we are speaking about this Christ, we are speaking about this Lord, we are speaking about this King seated upon the throne, okay, we, we are talking about his power, now his power is, is manifest, unlimited, you know, power that is going, going to come even more so through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because he said, I will send you another comforter, one exactly like me. He will speak of the things that I've spoken. He won't talk of himself. He will talk about me. And what will he do? He will reveal who I am now. So that's what you and I need. We need to know where Jesus is. What is he doing in these times and seasons? That's why I said to you, Jesus knows exactly what he's doing. The question is whether we know what we are doing, right? So if we don't know how to pray, then we don't know what we're doing. If we don't know how to wait, we don't know what we are doing. If we don't know how to be unified and gather one another and love one another, then we don't know what we're doing. And Jesus wants that. Jesus wants us to not only understand the fruit of the Spirit or the gifts of the Spirit, He wants to understand the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen? And the power is the empowerment to access the fruit and the gifts and all of those things. So you need the person. You need the person of the Holy Spirit before you can have the gifts or the fruit. So let's say that God has given us the Holy Spirit, which He has, and then we become witnesses. So what do we do? We preach the gospel. We go and testify. We tell people of what Jesus said and did so that they know and then they get saved. Then they will say, you don't need to tell me anymore because now I know for myself because Jesus has spoken to me. Wow, that's the kind of encounter we want. Like what that Samaritan woman had at the well. She got hold of what Jesus said. She went and brought revival to Saicha, her city. And then they came, they heard Jesus and they said to her, we don't need to hear from you anymore because we have heard it for ourselves. Wow, they were not excluding her. They were saying now they have come into a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ for themselves, just like she did. And so you are taking that message of what you have experienced and what you have known and is known to be the truth and you have established it in your own heart. Now you are empowering others by imparting that information to them. Now they receive it into their spirit, into their souls, and they are changed. And now they become co-workers with you. And this is how we multiply. Amen. We truly multiply this way, not in just having numbers and all of those things. I'm not interested in numbers. I'm interested in people who are having an encounter with Jesus and coming into one relationship, having the same mind, and the, and the same thoughts and heading in the same direction therein is unification and therein is the power of the holy spirit to give us the blessing and command the blessing that we need hallelujah so our god ordered journey needs to be empowered and filled with the holy ghost reasoning and works amen now you know many people are on a, a god ordered journey but they are not listening to the holy spirit they're not empowered by the Holy Spirit. They started well, and then they are going back into legalism and all manners of other things, just like the foolish Galatians in chapter three. Now, we don't want to be like them, okay? We want to start a journey with God. We want to finish the journey with God. Now people say, oh, Philippians 1.6, he who began a good work will also be faithful to finish. Yes, he's faithful to finish it the way he wants to finish it, amen? You, just, you don't just assume something. When he gave the talents to his servants, 
and said, go and multiply. One guy didn't. He foolishly hid it. Okay, when came back, yes, Jesus finished that work with him and said, take that talent away from him and give it to the one who already has. And then remove this man from my sight because he's useless. He has never done anything with what I've given him. So many have started well, but they have not carried through. They have not finished the work. They have not been empowered. So therefore they cannot finish the work. You have to be empowered. Amen. I used to hunger and thirst for the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It took me three years because my legal mind was working. My legalistic mind was working and stopping the Holy Spirit from coming to me. Till finally he himself spoke to me and then I received the Holy Spirit. My life changed. It became, yes, I was a Christian. Yes, I was born again. Yes, I was going to heaven, but I did not have the power. Amen. So I couldn't do anything on the earth. I just sat there and bemoaned my situation day after day. And I know there are many, many such Christians year after year after year. They've gone into doctrines. They've gone into theology. They've gone into what is, they think is right and wrong. They think they know the scriptures. My friends, you don't know the scriptures till the Holy Spirit has revealed it to you. You cannot glean the scripture for yourself. You need the Holy Spirit, right? So that's the power. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. So let's get into a situation where we seek God to be empowered. And then once we are empowered, we must go on our journey doing the works of the Holy Spirit. I, I want the Holy Spirit and I'm engaging the Holy Spirit. If you don't engage what has already been given. Now many people have received the Holy Spirit. And they relegated it to speaking in tongues. Right? They don't do anything else. They don't do miracles. They don't do signs and wonders. They don't do deliverance. They don't do anything else. They don't preach the gospel. They just speak in tongues. They like to worship. And they like to speak in tongues. You know. But they don't do anything. When you ask them to do anything. They say no, no. We won't do it. Because we are not empowered. Now that's nonsense. Okay. Because you are empowered. If you receive the Holy Ghost. You are being empowered. Okay. To do all that Jesus did. And the greater works of Jesus. It's not you who are going to do the greater works of Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit. That's going to do the greater works of Jesus. So why balk at it? Why get worried about it? Let's do it. Let's step out in faith. Because the empowerment is within us. There's a charge within us. That has come from heaven. Okay, we are being eternally charged by the Holy Spirit. So we got the power. So let's go and do it. But many have missed the mark. And many have lost their blessings because of that. My heart, you know, really goes out to all the unactivated Christians. There are many, many Christians, I can tell you today, who are very good people, who are sitting in the church. They are anointed, but there's no one to activate them. There's no one to tell them, hey, listen, brother, listen, sister, here's an opportunity. Go for it. You know, in this church, that's what we're doing. Creating opportunities for every single person who walks righteously with God. And whether they make mistakes or they don't make mistakes, they have got an opportunity. Amen? And they have an opportunity to go forward in the Lord. Not in, oh, I've got a blessed $500,000. No, I'm not talking about that. Praise God, you got blessed for that. But I'm talking about achieving something that is eternal in the purposes of God that He had made you for. Amen? 
You're too worried about the world. You're too worried about your next dollar. You're too worried about your families. You're too worried about other things. That's why you cannot move with the Holy Spirit. Now you need someone who can come along and activate you and break all those sacred cows off you, cut your soul ties and release you into the power of the Holy Spirit. Now this is what we do when we go around the world. And we have been doing, preaching the gospel, activating people, getting them out of their doldrums. You know, some people have achieved some things in life and they've, they've sat on those laurels <laughs> and they've said, oh, I've achieved this that's, this, that's good enough, you know, I don't want to do anymore. But they've got yet the rest of their life left, the rest of their lives are left, they're just sitting on these laurels and uh, making monuments out of what they've done and eventually they start worshipping that, amen? And that becomes their God and they miss out, they miss out on what God had for them. Uh, this is dangerous stuff, okay? Because you are then becoming self-righteous. You need to let go and you need to let God speak to you and say, son, daughter, I've got more for you. Come and take it because it's your faith that's going to release it. Amen? So let's go for it and let's get it and let's go forward. So my heart goes out to all these unactivated Christians. You know why? Because they don't have fathers. They don't have fathers in the faith. You need fathers in the faith. People who will nurture you, build you up, strengthen you. Yeah, they might whack you around the ears once in a while. But that's the rebuke. That's the chastening. That's the correction you need. Otherwise, you go off in your own direction. Amen? So, you've got to understand, fathers are there to nurture, build, and strengthen. Amen? That's what fathers are there for. And to encourage you to go forward and to receive the things of God and do better than the fathers. But we need power from on high. Because without that power, we will discover great difficulty. I'm telling you now itself, there will be great difficulty in our faith if we don't get this power and we cannot stay on the journey. Many in the Bible walked away once they received and they walked away and they made a shipwreck of their faith because they didn't have the power, they didn't have the staying power. Now Paul says, you know, our battle is not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers and wicked things. But he says, so you've got to stand and you've got to withstand. You've got to do both. Okay, you can't do one, you've got to do both. And for that you need the faith, you need the empowerment. You need the Holy Spirit to teach you how to fight and how to stand in difficult times. Difficult times are coming, my friend. Whether you believe it or not, you know, you didn't believe COVID would come. Right? You didn't even know about it, neither did I. Right? But it came. And here it is in its raw form, staring us in the face. What are we doing about it? Well, I'm praying. I'm seeking the Lord for more power. I'm waiting like a horse at the gate, trying to rush out as soon as this thing opens up so that we can go and preach the gospel and do what God is telling us to do. Amen? We're not looking for nice, comfy, oh, I think I'll look after my cash in the bank and then this and that. You know, tomorrow the economy will fail. Your cash in the bank will mean nothing. <laughs> but who's going to mean something is the Holy Spirit in you. He will tell you what to do. He will tell you where to go. He will tell you how to get money and how to eat and all of those things. But in the process, we must preach the gospel. See, the weak must become strong and the strong must get stronger. This is the thing that I'm looking for. I'm looking for more strength. I'm waiting on the Lord. It's in Isaiah 40, 31. That's how I get it. 
by waiting on the Lord for more strength, for more youthfulness, you know, and to go forward and preach the gospel. I'm not bothered about my situation, I'm, my health situation or whatever. I'm worried about how I can preach the gospel, present it in the way that it will save souls and keep souls. So that's what we're after. So let's look for that. You see, the thing is, no one is tested for their faith till their faith is tested. <laughs> you know, when you want to move in the gifts or when you want to move in the power of the Holy Spirit, your faith is tested. So how, how do I pray for someone? How do I raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, make a lame walk, blind see, deaf hear? Well, your faith is going to be tested. Do you really believe God does those kind of things? So till your faith is tested, your faith is not tested. So it has to be tested. Then only will we know whether you have the faith or you don't have the faith. So dormant faith is untested faith. And when it's dormant, it does not produce anything. Amen. So when you get up to heaven and God said, what did you do with the faith I gave you? He said, well, I read a lot of the Bible. Well, that's not going to help you up there in heaven. No, you've got to show works. You've got to show the fruit for the faith that God gave you. <coughs> Only then can you go forward. Look, 1 Peter 1.7. What does it say? The trials of your faith produces something more precious than gold. So it's not normal faith. It's, David, it's faith that is being tried. So when, when the... When the uh, the difficulties in life come. They are trying your faith. They are saying, you believe in an invisible God who can support you and look after you and care for you and heal you. So, we are here to test you. Whether you really have that faith. And then when you step out in that faith and you begin to speak to your circumstances and your situation, you start to have trials. Because they attack you. The demons attack you. The situation, circumstances attack you. Trying to diminish your faith or remove your faith. But if your faith arises, becomes strong. It is because of the Holy Spirit revealing the word of God to you. In your circumstance. Amen. This is the co-partnership of the spirit with the word. Speaking at a time when you need to hear what you need to hear. You can't just depend on what you heard before. You need to hear afresh because the situation might be very bad. So that's where your prayer comes in and then you begin to hear and the trial of your faith produces something more precious than gold. What does it produce? I'll tell you what it produces. I know I've been there. It produces incredible strength and it produces incredible faith to face anything in life. And the more your faith is tried, the stronger you get because you don't crumble and then you become a, go from a victor to an overcomer and then you have overcome all the situations those things don't bother you anymore because you've been down that track but there will be new testings there will be something else that comes along the way that will test your faith and we need to have that to produce something more precious than gold so don't get worried about getting tried amen if you're being persecuted and tried, it's a good thing. In some sense, it is a good thing. But you need to walk with the Lord. I know that many of us have faced great difficulties in life. Trials that have come to destroy us. 
and it has produced a lot of loss in our lives but when we met Jesus <laughs> everything changed everything changed why did we come to Jesus because we couldn't make it and then you know the gospel message was being preached maybe when you were young or when you were old I don't know but you heard the gospel you may have discounted it you may have gone to Sunday school and walked away and lived the worldly life but you heard the gospel so in your desperation in your great need you reached out and Jesus saved you amen through all your trials and your tribulations through all your losses through the deep situation the tears the difficulties of human relationships and the difficulties of not understanding God Jesus walked in and saved you right we have got countless millions of testimonies that we can watch on YouTube of people who have been saved in this manner okay because Jesus walked in and Jesus changed the situation so when that happened right we trusted him now we are in a time again when we are to trust Jesus for the next phase of our journey we have gone through difficulties there have been many persecutions even as a Christian because that's what Jesus said we will face persecution and suffering as a Christian who believes in him he said we will face that because he faced it himself now we have faced it and have been trying on our faith but it has produced something okay we worship better we pray better we know better we understand better we, we are getting more revelation miracles signs and wonders follow our ministries so many things happen we are getting better okay but we need more so don't get slack don't sit back and say oh well I've got it no I want you to press forward because we're at a time when we need more we need more of the Holy Spirit for the next phase of the journey and what what we are waiting for okay here hear this what we are waiting for must change in our thinking to waiting for power from on high Wow Peter and the disciples were asked to go and wait in Jerusalem then they will receive power from on high should be the same thing with us <coughs> I'm not asking God for more money or any of those things I'm asking God for more of the Holy Spirit because I want to move in the power of the Holy Spirit many are seeking you know and pursuing the gifts but they're not pursuing the giver of the gifts so what happens is they get entangled with the gifts and that becomes their God <laughs> the gifts are not God my friend Jesus is God the Holy Spirit is God Father God is God amen the three in one the one in three they're God and the Holy Spirit is the giver of gifts of miracles signs and wonders prophecies speaking in tongues faith all the other gifts that they are there he's also the giver of fruit if we have the Holy Spirit so we must seek the giver let us seek the giver and then the giver will give us what we need to do what we need to do in the times that we face so when Jesus told his disciples go and wait for power from on high I, I'm telling you the same thing in your isolation 
Don't be just praying for this, that, and the other. Concentrate on receiving power from on high. Now, if the Holy Spirit comes on you and you shake and fire, tongues of fire come on you, well, that's one thing. But the Holy Spirit also can come on you in a very gentle way, in a way that you don't even know and don't even understand. That when you come out of this thing, okay, and you go out and preach the gospel, suddenly you'll find that your whole demeanor, your way of speaking, the way of acting, the way of doing things has changed. Why? Because you waited. Right? When you're waiting in your closet, get your heart right with God. Repent. If you have to repent, get yourself cleansed. Then the Holy Spirit can fill you more. And he cannot put new wine in old bottles. He has to put new wine in new bottles. Now you may have done a lot of things in the past, right? and great miracles, signs and wonders, but <coughs> you need more. You need to do the things that you haven't done, that you know are in the Bible. Like I haven't raised the dead. I need to raise the dead. Right? I need to see the lame walk. I need to see the blind see, the deaf hear, the dumb speak. I want that. There are other things that are happening, you know, in this ministry that uh, God has given me. One of the features of this ministry has been the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay, from day one, I've seen the glorious outpouring of the Holy Spirit on an individual and on numbers of people. I'm talking about day one of my ministry. Okay, till today, I'm seeing it increase and increase and increase. And I'm thinking, why is God using me in this way? Why is so then I begin to understand that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is very important to Christ for him, for his children to have, and he wants his children to have. So I see this happening more and more. Once they are empowered in the Holy Spirit, the, the shackles come off, the, you know, the, the blinders come off, the veil comes off. And they're no more legalistic. They begin to understand things that they've never understood before. They begin to think like you. They begin to act like you. Because now you both, you and me, were both in the same boat with Jesus. <laughs> when the Pharisees saw that Peter and John did this great miracle, they said, you know, when, he, when they went to the gate called Beautiful and they got that lame man to walk, you know, they took note that these disciples had been with Jesus. Hallelujah! Now, if you've been with Jesus, the same thing is going to transfer to you because His impartation is His Spirit, His Holy Spirit coming upon you. And then you will do the works that Jesus did. Amen? And you will preach the gospel the way Jesus preached the gospel. And you will love the way Jesus loved. Now, this is a process, but you need the person first. Okay? You need the person of the Holy Spirit in you first. That's why I say to you, don't pursue the gifts. Pursue the giver of the gifts. It is the Holy Spirit of promise in Abraham that was given through Jesus Christ that birthed the church. Therefore, it is the Holy Spirit that will make the difference in these times for the church as we prepare for a greater outpouring that is coming to sweep the world. So therefore, as I have been saying to you time and time again, you probably got tired of me saying that. Positioning and waiting for power from on high are the keys to the next phase of the journey. I've been saying positioning and preparing to enter into the kingdom of God. There's also a positioning and preparing for the next outpouring. 
Jesus told the disciples, go and wait in Jerusalem. Now that's the position. That's the place. Okay? Jerusalem was the place. The upper room was the place. That was the positioning. And the preparation was prayer. Amen? So they were praying. 120 of them. And then power from on high came. Positioning and waiting in the upper room. Things exploded when the power was sent from on high by Jesus. Suddenly, the promise of a thousand years to thousands of years ago to Abraham had come to pass. And then there was manifest for Israel to see. People from all over the world come to Israel at that time. The day of Pentecost. <clears throat> the day of Pentecost is coming on the 31st of May 2020. And we know we are expecting an explosion. You got to pray into that. Say, Lord, in the day of Pentecost is coming. How about that explosion for me of the Holy Ghost? You see, the promise of the Lord is coming. So let us come out of this isolation when the time is right with power that will rock the world. That's what we want to do. Okay? We, we don't want to do church the same way. We don't want to be praying for people the same way and seeing no results. I tell you, I'm tired of that. I've seen so many people I've prayed for and no results. But I've seen a lot of people I've prayed for and results. Now I want to bring that equation down to almost zero. Okay? So that I'm walking and doing things in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because I know that when, when those things are not happening, most of the time it's because of my unbelief. It's not because God has restrained Himself. It is because of my unbelief. Okay? And that's why I can't do it. So I need to get out of that. Because I see other ministers do it. So how are they doing? They broke out of that comfort zone. They broke out of that shackle of less faith. And they began to press into God and say, God, I need you more. I need you more. And that's how they started doing what they are doing today. And they're looking for more. And I'm looking for more. I, I, I don't want to stay the same person. I want to get out and do more. Maybe, you know, I don't, have, I don't know how much time I have on this earth. But God, God is going to bless that time. And He's going to increase all these years that I've been alive on the earth. That I've been serving the Lord. You know, I believe that it's going to be unrestrained power that's coming. That will release me into the glorious realm of the Spirit. Amen. And that's what I'm looking for. And I'll never look back. I'll never worry or concern or have unbelief. But I'll go forward in the name of Jesus. Even through the trials and the tribulations that will come. Because the power lives within me. And he who lives in me is greater than he who is in the world. And if that power is with me, no one can be against me. And if that power is within me, God can do far more exceedingly abundantly than I can ever hope to ask or think or even pray. Amen. There are things happening in my ministry I haven't even prayed for. It's happening. I haven't even got up and said, do this or do that. And it's just happening. That's the power. He is doing from within me. So I want more of the Holy Spirit within me. Because He is the power of God upon earth at this time. So let's walk with the Holy Spirit. I see a time coming that I think the church will go, a lot of the church will go back to doing what it used to do. But I'm not prepared for that. Okay? Don't expect me to go back. I don't expect you to go back. I'm believing for the church to go back to life with power from on high. Amen? That when people come in, you're going to see the power. You're going to see the glory. Not just gifts, 
But you're going to see the presence and the power of God because we've been seeking Him. At time which will come is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. As in the days of Pentecost, but much more. You know, Pentecost, there was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. <coughs> it didn't stop with that. There was a continued uh, furtherance of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit as the disciples went around preaching the gospel. But the, whole, the outpouring, the baptism of the Holy Spirit had its ups and downs because of people, because people took it and made it into something that it isn't. The doctrine of the Holy Ghost became a mere indwelling of Christ within us without power. Now this is the sad thing. Christ within us without power is no good. Amen? Absolutely no good. <laughs> Because if Christ came to us and saved us, it was with the intention of giving us the Holy Spirit with power so that we can go and do what He wanted us to do, which is to become witnesses, to say and do what He did, and go into all the world and preach the gospel. So, we don't want to become powerless and simply become legalistic. We want to become people of power. When we lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. We cast out demons. Do all of that. Those are the acts of the Holy Spirit. But then, we should also be able to preach the word in season and out of season with power that it will go into the heart of the man or the person and change that person by the power of the Holy Ghost, convicting them and changing them. That's what we need. <coughs> so the more we do that, the more we depend on the Holy Spirit, to speak the word in season and out of season. That's when it will happen. Amen. So, Paul says something about this uh, scenario in 2 Timothy chapter 3. And I'm afraid these are the days that we're living in. And I don't want us to go back to that. <laughs> Many are trying. 2 Timothy chapter 3, 1 to 8. This know also that in the last days perilous time, time shall come. They're already here. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, thankful, unholy. And without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, and then having a whole lot of bad intentions and attitudes. Then in verse 5 he says, having a form of godliness, but denying the power. Look at this. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power. This is what's going to happen in the last days. But I believe there's going to be a segment of people who will not deny the power, who will not get into legalism, who will not waste the time <coughs> of another individual <coughs> or God. You know, I'm already hearing a lot on the, <coughs> excuse me, I'm already hearing a lot on the internet of people who are 
saying that they are ministers of God, but who forsake the principles of Christ and teach false things, even, <clears throat> listen to this, even unwittingly. What does that mean? Their intention is good, but it does not carry the truth with it. Their intention is good, but it does not carry the truth of release for another person in it. What it does, it goes and binds that other person into believing what they believe. It does not give them freedom. It does not bring them to the spirit of liberty that is in Christ Jesus. It keeps them bound to a particular way of thinking and a particular doctrine and a particular word so they cannot get out of it. So when something new comes, they're not able to receive it, just like the Pharisees. When Jesus came and began to speak of the things of the kingdom of God, they got shocked. <clears throat> and when he said to them, if I by the finger of God cast out demons, then the kingdom of heaven has come near you. Wow, they got a shock. So how can this guy cast out demons? You know, and he's telling them how he's doing it by the power of the Holy Spirit on him. In Luke 4, 18 and 19, he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Huh? To do what? To preach the good news. Oh, so some people just preach good news. Don't worry, everything will be okay. You know, Jesus loves you. You're getting into heaven, so you can just live your own life. They stop with that. They stop with, with what they want to, others to hear, the preaching of the good news. So then they talk about extreme grace and all this other stuff that, that absolutely puts that person locked up in hell. They don't talk about the other stuff. Okay, setting the captives free, healing the brokenhearted, opening the blind eyes. They don't, they don't talk about all that. They don't, don't talk about doing miracle signs and wonders. Somebody in the Gold Coast called me when I first went there. He was in the, in the Anglican church and he, he said to me, a pastor, he said, do you really believe that the days of miracle signs and wonders are here? I said, yeah, today. I said, because I'm moving in them. He said, no, brother, it's all finished. It's all over. Come on, man. Wake up. Okay. If you want a miracle, you're going to have to believe. Amen? Because if you don't believe, you're not going to get it. So, we need to seek God. We need to understand what God has done in sending us the Holy Spirit. But people are denying the power. They're not willing to accept that that power is here today. So many people, good ministers, technically correct with the word. But no power. I've heard them over and over again on YouTube. And I feel sorry for them because they're feeling sorry for us and saying we've gone off the way. But we've not gone off the way. Okay, we're walking according to the Word of God because in Acts it's full of miracles. It's full of signs and wonders. So how can you deny it? You can't just take one part of the Bible and accept it and deny the other part of the Bible. You can't. That's why we search the scriptures. That's why we ask God for revelation. That's why we ask God for the Holy Spirit to reveal these things to us. And when he does, it becomes a reality for us. I'm telling you, there is no substitute to an encounter with God. It will smash all your theologies. It will break all your doctrines. It will kill all your sacred cows. And it will bring you into a relationship with God that is real. Hallelujah. I want that real relationship. I want that one-on-one -on -one relationship. I want to walk with my Jesus. Do you? Do you? That's the question. Or do you want him to be a, like a form? Right? A picture on your wall. A photograph. Some nice song somewhere. Right? That will play on your emotions. 
or just tickling messages from your pastor. No challenging messages. Don't talk about sin. Don't talk about... You're looking for the form. Oh, I'm alright. You know, self-righteousness. No, forget all that stuff. Okay? Come into the reality. Come in, walk in the light as He is in the light. That's what He tells us. Walk in the light as He is in the light. And guess what happens? The light reproves all the works of darkness. Yes, we have works of darkness, my friend. Allow the light to speak to you and say, get rid of those darkness, those dark things in your life. That filthy thinking, what they call it, stinking thinking. Get rid of it in Jesus' name. And bring in the power of the Holy Ghost to operate through you. Okay, we don't want doctrine. We don't want theology. We don't want, because they're doctrines of devils and doctrines of men. We want the doctrines of Christ. Amen. And this baptism of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit <coughs> is the doctrine of Christ. And he's offering it to you in your isolation. Praying. He can walk into your room. And you'll get the shock of your life. Because what you've been praying for becomes manifest. Hallelujah. If you're not expecting that, you're wasting your time. You must expect a manifestation of the Spirit of God. And He will walk in. And He will do what is needed. In you and through you. For such a time as this. To touch the lives of people and change their hearts. Finally, we want to come to this thing about understanding the Father. To face reality, we must understand the Father. You see, it's, everything is in the hands of the Father. Jesus said, I say, nor do anything. I don't say anything or do anything without the Father. So that means he's spending time with the Father, finding out what is in the Father's heart. And what is the Father's will. Now he's dispensing that to us through the Holy Spirit. Because in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 it says, The Spirit knows the things of God and reveals those deep things to us. Now if you don't want to interact with the Holy Spirit, then you're not going to know those things. No, I'll only talk to Jesus. Oh, I'll only talk to the Father. No, you won't get anywhere. You need to talk to the Holy Spirit. Then he will begin to reveal the Father's heart through the Lord Jesus Christ and you will begin to understand. And you will begin to know what is the Father's will. No, we need to know the Father. We need to walk with the Father. We need to understand Him. We have to understand the way He works. Okay, and then we'll see the glorious outpouring of His will through the power of the Holy Spirit in this time. And this is the Father's time. This is what I believe. This is the Father's time. Pretty soon he will go, he will say to his son, <clears throat> it's time son, go and get them. He will say, question is are we ready? The times and the season are discerned as the Father reveals those times and seasons. Amen. Father is revealing it through the Lord, through his prophets. In, the, in Hebrews 1, he says, in the last days, God is speaking to us through his son. He used to speak through his prophets. Now he's speaking to us through his son. Okay. Then Jesus says in the book of Revelation, if you haven't here, hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying. 
And now Jesus is speaking to us through his spirit. So we need to hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying about what the father is saying through the son. So hallelujah, we, this is the most powerful thing that we can understand is that there's a unified relationship between father, son and Holy Spirit and they're all speaking the same thing at the same time. There's no difference between them. There's no time difference between them, nothing whatsoever, right? They just know how to wait one on top of the other or wait for one another rather. And we also need to know how to wait, but we need to know what is the father's heart? What is the father doing? Okay, and that's what father wants us to know like in his son and through his son, Jesus. And we need to examine that and we need to know the father <coughs> through that. Waiting for power from on high, okay, is also receiving power from on high. <clears throat> I, I don't want to just be sitting in a closet waiting for the rest of my life for power from on high. That's a waste of time. I want the conclusion of my waiting to produce the manifestation of that power <clears throat> into my spirit. Now when I waited on the Lord some time ago, He gave me a word and He told me to do something. He said, go in all the world and preach the gospel by the laying on of hands. Now, you know, that was back in 2018. Now, it took about a year and a half for, other, for almost two years for that to happen. But it did happen. So, when I, when I went out and I followed the instructions, what God had told me, I had received. Now his words are power, okay? His words are spirit and life. It doesn't have to be some big thunder and lightning thing going on for you to think, oh, I've heard the Father, no. <clears throat> the still small voice of the Holy Spirit is speaking and telling you what is the Father's will. So the Father's will through the Lord was to go and lay hands on the sick and they shall recover and do many other things which is impartation. So when I did that, what I received in my spirit became manifest in the flesh. And I could see it happening to people. I could see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the baptisms on multiple numbers many, many times. Now, as I said to you, the feature, one of the features of my ministry has been the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, when I look back, because of what happened, I look back, I actually look back into all the years of my ministry, and I saw this thing happening consistently in every year of my life that I was in ministry. But it's only now that I'm getting the true realization of why that was happening. God had called me. God had empowered me. And God had given me this understanding. But I had not fully grasped it. And now I'm beginning to understand. <laughs> I'm telling you, these are the last days. And God wants you and I to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And I'm waiting for more of the Holy Spirit. I had a vision back in 2001. And in this vision, it was an open vision. I saw Jesus standing as tall as from the earth to the sky. 
And he had a big cauldron in his hand, half the sky, full of liquid gold. This was happening in Mauritius. And he poured out that liquid gold from that height, and it looked like it was falling into the streets of a CBD area that looked like Melbourne. And this, this liquid gold was running all over through all the streets. And I said, Lord, what is this? Are you coming today to the meeting? What is it? And I, I never really got an answer. But he did come to the meeting. Wiped the whole church out. But as I studied, as I waited on the Lord, as I listened, and I heard others speak about such events, I began to realize he's talking about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the last days. God is not a respecter of persons, friend. He's not going to wait for the big guys to get more power before he does anything. He's looking for us. Okay, the foolish things of this world that will say, my father, I'm here, use me. My Lord, I'm here, use me. Holy Spirit, I'm here, use me. And guess what? Things are going to outbreak in your life like never before. Nothing will bother you anymore and you will go into the world Preaching the gospel with power, with miracles, <coughs> signs and wonders, following the ministry God has given him. And every one of us have a ministry. We are called as the church. We have to fulfill our destiny. Get empowered. Ask for the Holy Spirit and more of it. Maybe there will be no clashing symbols or maybe thunder and lightning may not come. But you by faith can receive more of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Receive it. And then out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Because that is the intention of the Lord. Let us pray. Father, I pray for your children right where they are. Bless them. Fill them with the Holy Spirit. And let them see the manifestation of the presence of God in their lives. The Holy Spirit. God the Holy Spirit working in them and through them, bringing great power upon this earth in this time because we need it. And we need these people, the disciples, the laborers for the house. Raise them up, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Break every evil thought that comes against them. Unbelief, doubt, all those things must be removed. We break those soul ties to those things <coughs> that come from the devil and of this world. And we say, let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Let it arise, for it is in your people. For your kingdom is in our hearts. Raise your people up, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you till we meet again. And pray that you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.